Welcome to another episode of Kiss My Mic. Our theme this month is Homecoming to pay tribute to our motherland. Um, this is my birthplace, the Philippines, and also my my guest today as well. So it's also a theme about reunions and reconnections with old friends, family, loved ones. So let me introduce you to you um, my guest today. She is a friend of mine from college. She and I went to De La Salle University in Manila, and she and I are both now living in the U.S. as Filipino-Americans, and so we'll get to know more about that and her experiences. So, folks, ladies and gentlemen, Cheryl Goodman. Hello. Hello, Mike. (laughs) I'm so honored to be invited. No, of course. Thank you. Thank you for for your time, uh, for for gracing the show. So, by the way, should I call you Chi or Cheryl yeah. or Chi? Well, okay. here in the U.S., they couldn't really pronounce Chi, like with the uh-huh. ending. So it's always uh-huh. been Cheryl here. But old friends have always called me Chi. So Ooh, okay. Either we'll or. Talk about, <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that because, like, uh, you know, we have to adapt, right? Like as Filipino yes. Americans yes. and. There's so much to unpack there and kind of, you know, can't wait to hear your thoughts. I know. So, if, <laughs> so um, if you are up for it, so we can get right to it. So I'm just going to start with the, you know, with my starting question is really about the theme of, of the episode. It's about homecoming. Yes. Since you, you and I both, uh, you know, we met in college. So maybe the, the first question is, what do you remember um, the most about college um i remember just having a lot of fun like you're Mm. studying and connecting with people and trying to balance your life as a student and just doing a lot of fun activities um Mm. if i had a chance to go back i'd go back just because all the things that we did other than studying was just always you know fun and mm-hmm. I was just thinking like the times in SA, which was a part, I think a big part of the things I enjoyed back in college was SA. Um, mm-hmm. And we've, we've done a lot of things together outside. You know, you would really think that the group itself and the purpose that it was built for, um, mm-hmm. it was really parang very, very, ano, parang it's <laughs> maliit lang siya. Well, you're tending to a lab, right? But the yeah. friendships that were formed there, like I, a lot of like the good friends that I still keep right now came from that group. So yeah, I, I have really good memories. That's amazing. So so I guess two questions. So first is for those who are not familiar with SA. So that's uh, student assistance, right? So we're computer lab assistants. We um, work in computer labs, and it's a student organization. But at the same time, it's to me, I kind of always think of it as a part time job as well because we we get paid. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. um, and and you're right. I mean, we've met so many people there. So, and actually, Chi was uh, what's the official title? Was it president or no? No, it was um, assistant computer lab coordinator. Like I was the <laughs> like I was the lead. I got to that part where yeah. you were like under the main coordinator, the the one that's actually hired, the adult mm-hmm. that was actually hired to to handle the operations for the computer lab. So I was able to make it all the way up to yeah, yeah, being the assistant to that person. <laughs> <laughs> she, she is very humble because she, for us, she's actually the, the head. No. The head of, <laughs> of the SAs, right? <laughs> yeah. 
just for but, a time, but it's good. It was good. Yeah, it definitely it was definitely good. So tell me why why did you choose that though? Um, you know, there's so many if you're a college student, there's so many different you know choices, right? Yes. To do for your extracurricular or to spend your time outside of studying. Yeah. So why why that? Yeah. I don't actually remember. I remember just seeing the ad um in the computer labs. Maybe we were t- taking a class or two, and it just so happened that I said, Oh, I actually have I was non block. So I came mm. in in the middle. I, I moved from Canada, going back to Manila, to study. So I didn't mm-hmm. really have blockmates. So I had all these like time in between my classes that I'm like, I'm not doing anything. I don't know anyone. What should I do with my time? So I decided mm-hmm. to kind of be part of that. And then at that time, the ones that I met that were all about the same time as I was as I was new was mm-hmm. Herbert and Fonti. And then yeah. I remembered building friendships with them. And I'm like, oh, this is actually quite fun. <laughs> yeah. It was the friendships that made me stay. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting you mentioned, I forgot about this, actually. I know you you went to, you were in Canada before, right? Yes. Did you Did you grow up in Canada? Or? No, I moved there in middle school, high school. And then I moved okay. back to Manila to study. Wow. Yeah. What? What a journey it has been for you. I right? know From... it's. I would. <laughs> I would actually call it like an. Yeah, an adventure. Being able to to live in different parts of the world kind of make you, you know, make you the person that you are. Yeah. That growth. Abs- yeah. Absolutely. So, what was the um the fir- the I guess when you moved from Canada to the Philippines? I know it was only a few years ago. Yeah. <laughs> A while, right? because, a while. Because we're young. Yes. Um, but what was the um, what was it like? You know, like moving to Manila or moving back to Manila if you were there before. You know, Canada. It was really different. I remember um, I struggled a little bit my freshman mm-hmm. year in La Salle. I did not really have. I didn't really connect with people. I just I felt mm-hmm. like an outsider. Like you're there, but you're not there. And then mm-hmm. at that time, I was kind of dealing with um i i finished it in in cal in canada however i didn't graduate like i didn't do the graduation ceremony and all that because i had to start mm-hmm. a second trimester in la salle so they were yeah. my parents were trying to get me to start the second trimester already so i didn't have to wait that long so at that time my freshman year um no i didn't connect with anyone i struggled socially and it was the sa group that kind of saved my social yeah. <laughs> social life because I was, um, I kind of felt myself um, actually mm-hmm. meet people who are humble, down to earth, and I felt like I connected with them at at a person level. Yeah, same same with me. I mean, yeah, that was, was a, a big, you know, um, help me. Oh, it helped it helped a lot, right? Like yeah. not only with the computer skills, which I ended up, you know, in the computer um, path. Yeah, you know, I didn't have any. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have any. I wasn't there for the computer. I think I was there just looking for some connections in terms yeah. of of social. And I guess um, I was able to kind of um, bring out parts of me that I didn't know existed. I was able to mm-hmm. take on a leadership role. They kind of had um, this impression that oh, see, she gonna it's like this, mm-hmm. like that. But in fact, really, I'm I'm fairly quiet. <laughs> I'm fairly, you know. No. <laughs> no? Really? Oh, no. Oh, I'm um I would say I'm an introvert, really, but extrovert, functionally extrovert. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have you heard I, of that term? 
I I I have, and I actually kind of relate with that yeah. too because I feel like I get the same reaction when I explain to people that you know I'm actually shy and yeah, introvert. And, yeah. But it's it's interesting because you know I always think of you as like very assertive and you know le- leader, right? So, so outgoing <laughs> <laughs> projection. No, but you did it well, my yeah. friend. You did it well. Oh, thank you. Thank you. But it was fun. I think I loved our times together. I think those are one of the things that actually made the student life at that time really, you know, I was, so I told you the entire time I was in La Salle, I was, I didn't belong to a block I had, mm-hmm. which I actually like in hindsight because I was able to connect with a lot of variety of people. My network is so big in terms of I, yeah. I was able to get a class in engineering. I was able to get a class in liberal <laughs> arts. It's just wherever there's a spot I needed in my course and there's a spot, the registrars allowed me to register because I didn't belong to a block. Yeah. It is an interesting way to look at it that way because you're right. I mean, um, you were you really had a, a big a big network. You ended up with really a big big network. I mean the, the student the SAs alone. Exactly. From, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> what a way to really turn situation to your benefit, right? And think of it differently. So, gee, um, you mentioned this earlier about leadership and all that stuff, right? So continuing on with your with your journey. Yeah. So what other things have you learned from the college experience, either the SA or everything combined, that also helped you as you, you know, moved on to your the next phase of your of your life, right? Um, I guess yung the courage to try something new. I'm a mm-hmm. very, I would say, I'm a, um, I would say my leadership skills. I'm usually quite reluctant to kind of take that next step. And then it's through SA and all the different experiences we've had in college that I'm like, oh, I just need to focus on this one. I just want to mm-hmm. make it to this one step. And then when we were in SA, it's like, oh, I actually really like the job of the operations assistance. That's the one that kind of recruits and invites people to kind of join in. Maybe I should try it. So I'm like, okay, let's give it a shot. So courage doesn't come easy for me. It's always something that I kind of have to gather my strength and focus before Mm -hmm. I can take that step, which is still true up until now. (laughs) I, I, I still kind of employ the same step. I would say, I would like to say it comes a little bit easier since we're adults or we're not in Mm -hmm. school anymore. However, it's still the same lesson gathering that strength, taking that one step to take that courage, courageous leap. Kind of like what you see. That's why I was telling mm. you, I'm in awe of you, of, <laughs> of the things you have done thus oh, far. Because I'm like, that's, like, that's courageous. That inspires someone like me. I'm like, oh, if he can do it, I can do it. Mm-hmm. I can do it something. I can do the same thing in where I am in this context. Absolutely. That's such a great message, G. I think that's what we wanted to um, share with others, right? You know our experiences, so that maybe they could also either be inspired to your point. So, so let me talk about your journey. Um, you know, I guess um, beyond college. So we're both now in the U.S. Yes. So you know what, what you know what was um, kind of like the beginning story of it. Um, how did it happen? Oh, and, okay. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I would love to share. Actually, so I was working as a teacher in Makati. Mm. And at that time, there was one day, I think, I, I believe it was my birthday, and I just decided to take the day off. And I found out from friends or colleagues or something that there was an interview for teaching, an opportunity mm-hmm. to teach in, in the United States. And I said, oh, mm-hmm. I'll give it a shot. You know, I wasn't really, 
I wasn't really set on the on the goal of getting it. I just said, I want to give it a shot. My long-term goal was to actually try and make it back to Canada mm-hmm. after I gained experience and whatnot. So I gave it a try. Interview comes. Uh, I remember the interviewer asking me, can you do this? Can you do this? And all I said, yep, <laughs> yep, yep. I got that. <laughs> I just kept saying yes, even though I didn't know what the heck he's talking about. Um, and then I got accepted. I think there was wow. like 2,000 applicants. It got narrowed down to 20. and But everything said and done, there was only four of us that were accepted. And wow. it happened really, really fast. I was interviewed, mm-hmm. I think, January. And I left by June. Wow, that was quick. Yeah. So um, yeah. I was on the airplane and we were doing it. <laughs> I was there. Yeah. I didn't know anything <laughs> about what I was doing. But I... I Taking that courage to do mm-hmm. something something new, and I knew at that time I kind of had to make some life choices. That if I do pursue this, but I knew that if I didn't take that journey or if I didn't make that choice, I might have regretted it. So I said, Absolutely. "This is this opportunity comes once in a lifetime. I want to give it a shot and see where it leads me. And this is where we are." And um. If I had yeah. a chance to go back, I'll probably make the same thing. I'll probably decide the same thing. Yeah. No, that's great. That's great. Congrats. And, you know, it was such a far, interesting story, right? Such a wonderful success story. So maybe for others who might be in a similar situation of trying to ne- to move to the next step, you know, whether in their school or career, yeah. and they're going through the same process of, you know, maybe interviews or, or just whatever that process is. What, what do you think are the things that worked for you, um, you know, that can help others as well as they navigate the, that journey? You kind of just have to root to what your personal philosophies are. Because even like interviewers, are you talking about like if you're Filipinos and you're trying to make it to the U.S. in, in terms of interview? Is, that could be yeah yeah, yeah. allowing them allowing other people to kind of see who you really are and I know mm-hmm. it's really difficult it's easier to give the cliche oh I believe in this I believe in this however you know if you don't truly believe in it it's gonna come out because there's a way that interviewers <laughs> interviewers are gonna give you questions they kind of you think they're asking a different thing but they're actually asking you a different way of the same thing mm-hmm. so if your answers are not consistent then they'll they'll figure it out. So if you're rooted yeah. to who you are as a person, no matter which way they talk to you, you're going to answer the same thing. So with yeah. me, one of the things I'm truly passionate about ever since is my firm belief, belief it, that the way to change the world is through education. And yeah. even though my parents said there's no money there, <laughs> which I know now is true. <laughs> no, like teachers are quite underpaid, even in the U.S., yeah. Um, yeah. But I kind of have this belief, especially seeing the students that I've served over the years. Um, I see their transformation. I see them as adults and the kinds of life that they've led. I've been in the industry at least a good 20-something years. <laughs> yeah. I can't even remember now. But the way that, you know, I've changed, I feel like I'm, I'm you know, I'm living the dream because I'm yeah. living what I'm passionate about. So I guess that kind of worked in my interview process. So right mm-hmm. now I'm actually where we are. I've moved. This is like my third state where I am. I'm closer to <laughs> you now. We're in the same time zone. Yeah. But, uh, um, I, st- I have to start again because I'm in a different state. And at the same mm-hmm. time, I still speak of the same, um, the same passion I have for being mm-hmm. in the classroom and kind of making that impact 
in 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 the school setting. So yep. yeah. Well, first of all, Chi, thank you Ooh, for yeah. all the work that you do as a teacher. <laughs> of course. Uh, teacher, we need to really appreciate them a lot more. My parents were both teachers. Yes, uh, I remember. My, yeah. Yeah. So I definitely um, you know, have the special heart for educators Aww. and you know, teachers because I, I know that the work that you're doing, you guys are helping the, you know, the, build the foundation, right? Yeah. For the everybody. next generation. Yes. Yep. So you mentioned it. So you've lived in the U.S. in three states. Yes. Now you're in Massachusetts, right? In New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Okay. Yeah. Well, so, you could count Massachusetts because we're actually in on the border. So when you cross uh, the, yeah. the, the street, it's Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah. As I remember that we did the road trip, I think a few years ago, northeast. I mean, you know, like I think New Hampshire is like one of the smallest. Like, yes, uh, states, actually, right? yeah. Like, I think we only have like thirteen miles of like beach side. <laughs> That's how <laughs> That's small funny. it is. Yeah, yeah. So, um, looking, uh, I guess you know, just uh, going back to your first few years in America. Yes, what was it boy. like? I mean, this is like a loaded question, right? Like, you know, oh, Filipino man. America. I'm- you yeah. would actually think I'd be adjusted because I've lived in Canada, but it's actually not the same. I remember mm. still having the culture shock and I still remember having to make huge adjustments, just relating to your coworkers, learning to live by yourself, being an adult, adulting <laughs> <laughs> yes. in, in that sense, and really trying to be self-reliant. Like mm-hmm. there were a lot of things, Libas of Philippines, you're mm. used to having, um, at least for where 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 I was, I'm not going to say it's true for all, but where I was, it seemed like everything was done for me. Like we had like help at the, in the house, we had yeah. someone to drive and everything. So I actually the one of the also my motivators for moving. I did. I remember telling my father, "It's like, oh, why do you have to move? You have everything here. If you need, I remember I they knew I wanted to be a teacher, so they bought land for so that I could um, build my school if I wanted to do that." But I told them, well, I really wanted to see how I'd be making it on my own. I like, mm-hmm. in, in, uh, I just feel like um, I want to be able to see how I can succeed. Whereas in the Philippines, I think like, I don't know, you can, you can correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> However, my impression is that you have to know the right people. You have to yeah. kind of have that. That kind of has a little bit of weight. Um, mm-hmm. And I told my father, I said, well, what if I don't know the right people? What am I going to do? I don't have, I don't have, I just want a peaceful, happy, safe family life. Um, I don't have aspirations to be a top honcho of whatever. Mm-hmm. I just want something where in I'm, you know, I have simple, yeah. simple life, farm life, yep. whatever. Like, you know, remember, like, <laughs> I just life. wanted, you're safe, you're happy, you're healthy. Yeah. It's such a simple dream. And I feel like, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of where I, I, took a chance to to make it here yeah no that's that's great and um and you, you know you've you've reached it you've you've uh, achieved it and you know i'm so happy for you and oh, i hope thank that <laughs> <laughs> yeah so one of the things that you mentioned g right one of the things that you've learned was to be self-reliant yes I mean, it's so it, i can i can definitely relate to that because you're right in the philippines i mean many people are used to like having help and all that stuff. I know. Right? Um, I, I remember, I want to share this little story with you. I remember when I took my husband to the Philippines the first time. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. It was very first visit. I know the twins were like not even a year old. He called our, um, he loved, what, what did he say? He called it a magic hamper. Because what <laughs> would happen was like he'd put his dirty clothes in the hamper. We would leave for the day. When he comes back, all his clothes were already pressed and washed. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. oh my goodness, you have magic hampers <laughs> here. He, he could not believe it. And he kept telling my mom, you don't have to wash my clothes. Just tell me where the washing machine is and I can wash my clothes, is what my husband would say. Oh, no, no. And my mom would be like, no, no, no. Here we, we wash the clothes for the, for the visitors and everything. And my husband kind of got weirded with that <laughs> to begin with because here people are, you know, self-reliance is actually yeah. valued and it's the practice. Mm-hmm. It, it helps a lot too, right? With, you know, just with, with life. Yes, <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. So you talked about your family, your husband, yes. your kids. So, you know, could you share a little bit of the like love story? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I was afraid, I was afraid you were going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to you know, be specific. I'm starting to get okay. nervous. I should have had a drink before this. And <laughs> boy abunda. I know. No, I was just curious about like um um you know <laughs> you how did you meet your your you and husband? Oh yeah 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 we um how did we meet? We worked for the same school district. He's actually mm-hmm. he was friends with um, my housemates. So I used to live with two other single um, teachers that were mm-hmm. also hired from the Philippines. And it just so happened that he was friends with how do I explain this? So he was friends with uh, one of the friends of the girls that I lived with. So gotcha. they said, oh, yeah. So they used to hang out. And I was at the apartment. Mm-hmm. I wasn't friends with with them. But then, mm-hmm. you know, they would come over to our apartment and they would have dinner at our place. I found them all annoying. <laughs> so I would usually <laughs> leave and, like, mm-hmm. do something else. And then, um, but we worked for the same district. So he Got was it. an occupational therapist for the district. Okay. And I think I found out later on we went to the same church. God, yeah. Church. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot for Filipinos, church is like one place where you can really meet people, you know, yes. for friends or even, you know, for activities. Yeah. Activities. Right? If you wanted to do like, I know, I remember the church, they had, they had what's called college and career. So it's for like kids in college, if you're still in college. Mm-hmm. And then if you're like, you know, I, how did they used to call us? Yuppies. <laughs> remember yeah, young professional <laughs> so yuppies if you're like a young professional so they would do activities they would go like uh, hiking or kayaking so the church would put that together so i found out we did not he didn't invite me to it it just so happened that i attended and then mm-hmm. oh you're here <laughs> i'm like okay <laughs> yeah mm. So one other question that I have, so with your family, yeah. um, you know, similar with my husband, so we, we have a different background. So I'm Filipino, Filipino-American. My husband is Caucasian. Yeah, same, same. Been here, <laughs> right? In yes. the, from the South. So I guess, you know, um, my question is, um, with, with your, in, your, in your family, so how do you infuse, you know, sort of like the, the Filipino culture oh, in, in yes, the, into the household? household. Yes, yes, yes. So um, I remember when the kids were growing up, I would really try to speak to them in the language. So Mm -hmm. I really, um, they don't speak it, but at at my minimum, I don't want to force them to do something they don't want to do. But I told Mm -hmm. them that at the very least, you wanted to understand it. 
like yeah. at least have some level of like I even as uh, I call them like I would say oh you um could you please um could you please get this anak I would infuse <laughs> like the vocabulary and whatnot um and the things that are that are good about our culture I expect them to do manos if there's mm-hmm. like a lolos and lolas and then I like the expectation is there and I teach them mm-hmm. like in our culture this is what we do or if we see movies together like I remember mm-hmm. yung there's that movie that was recent, Turning Red. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar? Mm-hmm. So it's like more Asian context, right? Yep. And then we would yep. talk about it. It's like, oh, it's a little bit similar to the Philippines. Mm-hmm. It's an Asian culture and stuff. So we discuss it. And then in food, the things that we, we have there, the, the food part, it's not very hard to convince yeah. my family to try <laughs> it and stuff. Yeah. yeah. But the respect uh-huh. and everything, that expectation, I communicate it to them. Yeah. That's the expectation in our family, and and I'm I'm actually really blessed. I don't know if you knew, but I think for a good seven years I stopped working for a little bit. I was a stay at home mom. Mm-hmm. I did like side hustles, and mm-hmm. I would I would teach virtually and everything, but I didn't I didn't do a full time job at that mm-hmm. time. So um, I used that time to really invest in my children and really really kind of like take care of them and hone them. And I would I was even teaching them Filipino when they were younger. <laughs> We would mm-hmm. sing songs and everything, but I feel that that time is now paying off because I'm I'm mm-hmm. very lucky because the kids are really respectful and kind mm-hmm. and you know that's you know I I was telling my husband I was like oh I could have been a principal by now but you know I'm still in the classroom but it's not it's okay because mm-hmm. the investment the the returns right now with how my how, how I see my kids with others at school with like elders in the community. Um, they're very respectful. And I'm not saying that it's just because I'm their mom or maybe because I'm their mom, but the <laughs> feedback I get from the community, it's like, mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, your kids are like this. I'm like, Oh, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. That's that good. investment is really good. Yeah. Yep. And then are you, um, do you keep up with the Filipino community in your area? You know, what's so funny is where we moved. Like when we were in Seattle, so we stayed in Seattle a good 11 years. So now we're actually new in my town. I guess where we lived is actually a super rural part of New Hampshire. There's only 2% Asian and I'm one of them. Oh my gosh. So to say, I don't think where I am right now. So in my entire school district that covers four towns, I'm the only Asian teacher. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have not yet, maybe I'm wrong. Um, but mm-hmm. but maybe later on I can get connected, or maybe it's someone listening to your podcast would know. <laughs> I know. But so far, <laughs> I met a, somebody who's Korean, and she told me there's only actually two percent Asians in our town. That's you and me, is what she said. <laughs> I'm like, oh, good to know. Yeah. So yeah, but in Seattle, we did. Like, there's a mm-hmm. huge population of Asians. Like, it's very multicultural where we were. So here, I'm kind of sort of still getting connected, getting to know um, the people. In, in the in town it's not even a city mm-hmm. it's a town so it's it's yeah. different you know where you live is it considered town city um so before um we just moved back closer to the city yes but we were in a town as well yeah so, so you didn't like it i actually liked it um honestly i enjoy the the farm life and you know the quiet life so now um you know it's a uh, I think I still feel like I like the farm. <laughs> the, oh the, yes, yes, yes. Me know. too. Me too. Right? Yes. Yeah. 
And my husband's I mean, a farm, uh, a country boy, they would call it. So he grew up in oh. the country, and this is, you know, he he liked that that your house is your your oh you're an acre away from your neighbor. He likes that. So mm-hmm. I'm still getting used to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So w- what about in terms of like um, ad- you know, between you and your husband, right? Like adapting to kind of like as is is he fully hundred percent aware of all the Filipino. Yes, he like he knows tampo. <laughs> he knows tampo. Okay. He knows tampo and what what to do when there's tampo in the house. He oh. calls tampo. So what 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 do they need? What what do they need to do? I need to tell my husband about this. So. <laughs> no, because we were trying to define tampo. It was a conversation over Easter, and it mm. was just a table of full of Filipino American like relationships. And then yep. the Filipinos were like, how do you explain tampo? And then my husband kind of understood. Tampo is like, she's upset, but not really upset. You just have to give her her favorite things. And then the upset yeah. goes away. It's like, oh, and they're like trying to kind of navigate how, <laughs> how to address tampo if it's it's somewhere in the house. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, let me ask you this. So like for me, if I'm the one making, you know, like having tampo, right? right. Yeah. Um. So he would ask me, what's wrong? What's wrong? Like, uh, uh, honestly, for me, I'm like I want him to just keep doing that because, <laughs> like, the tendency sometimes of like if I say no, nothing, nothing, yeah. nothing, I'm okay, I'm all right. <laughs> but isn't it like what we want is like keep trying? Same, same. Yeah. same. <laughs> okay, and there he you would, go. He would hug me, and then he would like get something like a favorite ice cream or something. Oh, I <laughs> thought about you. You like you don't yeah. have me. What can I do? And I would kind of stay in it a little bit longer, even if I'm not upset anymore. <laughs> right. Because it's like you know, it's a yeah. What's the, there's a feeling of like you know, um, oh my gosh, like um, you know, I wonder if that's the same in other cultures. So if anyone non-Philippines listening, you know, you know please yes. let us know. Oh, but <laughs> but that's really cute. That's I love that. Um, how about on, on the flip side on your end, right? So, what are some of the American ways that you've you know you you live in Canada before that? Yes, it's um, different. I would say mm. they might be like they look the same in color if you think about mm. it. But Canadians are a little bit. Um, I would say they're nicer. <laughs> they're more polite. <laughs> I think. Yep. Um, Americans, I, I might be wrong, but my experience, at least they're a little bit more, um, they have more, they're able to express their opinions a little bit more compared yeah. in, in Canada. I feel like they're, a, they're more, they're more polite. Mm. I, I, I'd leave it at that. I guess that's the closest words I could say. But with him, I guess I've learned to be a little bit more direct. So mm-hmm. with him, when I, something, yes, there is still tampo when it does happen. <laughs> but, you know, through the years we've communicated, if if you use tampo all the time, I don't understand what you need and how we can <laughs> fix things. So I've learned to say, I need you to do mm-hmm. this. Like, wow. when you do this, it's, you know, I'm frustrated. Oh, diba? <laughs> yeah. I'm frustrated when, and then mm-hmm. we, uh, I kind of had to learn that so that he can understand it. And it's not something, and you couldn't do. I, I, I don't know about you, but you, there's a Filipino term. You nagiipon yung when you have mm. when someone's at fault, and then you kind of gunny sack. Oh. I guess in English you call it gunny sacking. Like you kind of keep account of the things that they did wrong. Oh yeah, diba? Like it builds up. Yes, and then, right. then it builds up. We can't really do that. So the expectation yeah. is once you've already talked about it. It's done. It's been addressed. Mm-hmm. You don't bring mm-hmm. up past things that already been addressed for a new thing that was not, you know. So mm-hmm. I've learned to kind of adjust that way. Yeah. 
Same. It's very. It's it's relatable, really. Like it's the communication. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Especially acknowledging that we we have different backgrounds and we come from different. I mean, even with Filipino and Filipino in a relationship, right? There's differences in the experiences. I love it. I like I like what you're sharing in terms of really focusing on improving the communication. Um. So, so Chi. Um. I guess. Um. First of all, I do want to thank you for sharing all these stories. It's so oh, fun to just look back. And I was just you know, excited to see you again and actually talk to you, other than like watch you on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm glad to. And you know what? Did we meet here? Have you met in the US? No, no? that's what I've actually been asking you. I'm like, oh, hey, we have to meet. Okay. We do. We have to meet. Yeah, and actually, I think hopefully in the next months it's going to be better, right? In terms yes. of travel and yes. covid and all that stuff yeah so i guess going back to our our theme and as we close out our conversation sure. it's really super fun um so reconnections reunion homecoming and i know within the past couple of years there's been a few like um, reunions for for the sas right or even for college so if we are about to have another reunion you know in the next month or so next few months what would that look like or what would be the first thing that you would do? Um, for me, mm-hmm. I would hug everybody because, yeah. you know, it's, it's, I think it's a gift to have friendships that sustain the mm. years. Remember, yes. it might be cliche, but they would say that you have friends that you would only have for a season, right? Mm-hmm. And there are friends that you can get to keep for a lifetime. And to actually be gifted with friends that you're still connected with or reconnect with at a later mm-hmm. time in your life, that's a gift. And, and yeah. you know, you treat it with care and love and, you know, um, just the spirit of gratefulness to have survived through those years and to witness how each other has grown and changed and have become better versions of themselves. So that's what I would do. And then given that we just kind of got through the pandemic, mm-hmm. you're thankful that all these people that you've grown to love or had made a contribution to the person that you are, are still around. So I'm going to, um, that's probably what I'm going to do. Because I remember we met up with some friends and um, that was the first kind of feeling that yeah. I got. So if, if we had a grander reunion and I see everyone from my past, Except for, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but I mean, I, I mean that. Like in terms of like, you're thankful for yeah. for for that time because you know some of the best memories that I remember from our times in college was, you know, that was a gift, and it's just mm-hmm. something you can't do again. But hopefully, you you can do a different version of it and make more memories yeah. as adults. Exactly. No, or at least it. later on in our lives. Because <laughs> now we're all like, what, late 30s, early 40s? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's really great. Um, you're right. So friendships, you know, it's a gift to, to have met a lot of people that we've still stayed connected with. So cherish those relationships and friendships. And, you know, it's, it's amazing. And at the same time, we also... Um, we have so much more to do, right? Like, you know, you talked about like the the next era, right? So I'm 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 you know still um really combining sort of the corporate and the creative, but 2.0 of me and my second act is really more on this. But what about you, Chi? What's like if you're not teaching, 
or like if you have a, if you're in the multiverse you know what would that look like for you you know what i realized that i actually would have done i would actually done like siguro being a medic mm-hmm. or someone in uniform yeah. Maybe like um, just that response to emergency. I don't know now because I don't think I can do it now because I've already had a lot of past trauma in my life. So my anxiety <laughs> has built up and I'm addressing that as by myself. But if I was if I was to go back in my 20s, I would have actually done that. I would have actually considered doing being a medic, like working on an mm-hmm. ambulance and responding to emergencies, better yeah. your medical emergencies and stuff. I would have actually yep. considered that. Wow, that's so, um, you know, profound and, yeah. you know, just the, the service and, the, you know, just the experience of being in that field. It's, yeah, uh, I think yeah. Um, regardless of what stream I'm going to be, I think my leaning is toward the helper, helping profession, help and care is where I, my heart has always been. So, yeah. Maybe we'll see um, a little You bit never know, that. maybe like, my 2.0. Right. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. So, G, um, final question, I guess. Um, sure. I think you, you've covered a little bit of, of it too. So, you know, like pursuing the medic. Any um, other thoughts that you have in terms of like advice to your younger self or maybe to the younger generation, like your kids, you know? Oh, that's hard. What would <laughs> I say? Um, just focus on that one brick, you know, mm-hmm. like brick layering you don't have to really look towards the very end per se but just take that one step and then and regardless of it all is wherever you are is where you're meant to be okay. oh, otherwise it wouldn't be where you are right so mm-hmm. if you just kind of focus that and and uh, you know just lay off with all the dramas and all the you know anxiety in your head and everything you if you spend too much time on that you know, you don't really get to focus and enjoy the, the journey. So if mm-hmm. I were to talk to my, what, 15, 20-year-old self, I would say that. Just, you know, take it a step at a time and just, you know, know that whatever yeah. is meant for you is going to happen to you. Such great words to end our conversation. And then cue Leia's longest song, <laughs> The Journey. Oh, or... <laughs> good one, good one. That? Yes, 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 uh, yep. good one. <laughs> but um G, thank you so much for sharing your journey, for taking this as part of your journey as well. It's so nice to reconnect with you. I know. Personally. We have got to um plan a meetup now or like a yes. trip. I've been meaning to invite you. I go, Mike, if you're not busy, <laughs> do you want to go do an adventure? <laughs> sige, sige. I think I've been itching to <laughs> yeah. travel. So I know we just kinda I mean, wanted the covid stuff to kind of die yeah. down a little bit until it's like safe and then we're on to back to yeah but i think it's manageable so maybe let's you know uh, i think chi is already announcing she's gonna organize a <laughs> uh, you know anybody sa in the u.s this one and then we'll, we'll get as long as we can get herbert to uh <laughs> i'm gonna send this in his mansion yeah, back he's got a castle oh castle okay <laughs> <laughs> not a mansion a castle okay all right. I'm looking forward to um, seeing Herbert's mansion and you, Chi, and yes, everybody. Yes, yes. Let's do it. Let's get it done. All right. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Chi.